This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And day my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. And as you're being seated, if you would, turn your Bible to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. We've been in a new series on Sunday mornings entitled Miracles of the New Testament. And we're walking through the Gospels. Sooner or later, we'll get to the book of Acts. It could be a while, but we'll get there. And we're looking at the miracles of the New Testament and the principles, the patterns of those miracles. We're learning how to apply those principles, those patterns to our lives so that we can live blessed lives, so that we can see miracles in our lives, and so our every need will be met. Mark 4, beginning in verse 35. Mark tells us that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So Jesus had told them that they would go over to the other side. And there are times in life where we have to remind ourselves of that and what the Lord has said, that we are going to the other side. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took Jesus along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Verse 37, a furious squall. Matthew tells us a furious storm. A furious squall or storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so it was nearly swamped. So this was a real, real challenge. This was a real danger. Luke tells us, in fact, that they were in great danger in this storm on the lake. But what was Jesus doing in the midst of this storm? What was he doing in the midst of this trouble? Mark tells us in Mark 4, 38, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. So Jesus was asleep. But what had he told the disciples? He had told them, let us go over to the other side. Tell your neighbor, say, we're going to the other side. Tell your, tell your other neighbor, say, we're going to the other side. And there, there may be times where, based on what you see, it does not feel like you are going to the other side, like you will get to the other side, but that's why we have to remind ourselves of what Jesus said, we are going to the other side. So he had told them, he had said, let us go over to the other side. And so there was a squall. Matthew tells us a furious storm, but Mark tells us in verse 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now they were still getting to know Jesus. They had not yet grasped fully 
who he was. But of course, the answer to this question is yes. Jesus, don't you care that we're in trouble? Yes. Jesus, don't you care if there, there's a storm that we're facing? Yes. Jesus, don't you care if we, we think that something bad might happen or we, we think that we might drown? Yes. But they spoke in fear. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Today, I want you to know that in life, you can have peace, and you can have peace with God. And yes, there are times in life when there are challenges. There are times in life when there are difficulties to be overcome. But in life, you can have peace with God. And you can have peace as you walk through life, not alone, but with the Lord by your side. In the midst of the storm, Jesus was sleeping. That's the peace of God. And when you walk by faith, tell your neighbor, say, when you walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 tells us, Paul quotes the Old Testament. We walk by faith, not by sight, not by what we can see, not by the circumstances, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And when you walk by faith and not by sight, you can live with the peace of God. You can even do like Jesus did, and that is sleep with the peace of God. In the last few weeks, Aaron Wood and I were discussing how it seems that after, after COVID, the, the, the fear-mongering in our society has just gone to an insane level. And the weather people have always been fear-mongers, but it just seems that it's worse than it has ever been. As if no one in the history of the world has ever dealt with rain, as if no one in the history of the world has ever dealt with a storm, as if no one in the history of the world has ever dealt with winds. You know, when settlers crossed the plains a long time ago, they, they didn't have iPhones. They didn't have notifications. They didn't have updates. They just had to, to walk through and cope with what they were facing and what they were overcoming. But praise God, in life, we're not alone. And we're not on our own. And we're not, we don't have, we're not empty-handed. We have all of these tools as believers at our disposal. And one of them is the Word of God. And when you walk by faith and not by sight, you can live with and you can even sleep with the peace of God. A long time ago, when I was probably junior high age, church was at the previous location, I-30, North Filter Road. My parents' home was not far from the church. And there was a night, there was a bad storm, and there was some larger hell that night, in the middle of the night with that larger hell. One or two windows were broken, which then set the alarm off. And so my, my parents were in the kitchen, and then, of course, Christina heard it. She came down, and, you know, they were cleaning things up, and the alarm had gone off. Everybody was awake. Some time went by, and my, my parents wondered where I was. I was asleep in bed, out, didn't know anything was going on, didn't know there had been a storm, didn't know windows had been broken, didn't, know, didn't even know the alarm had gone off. You can have peace, and you can... Doesn't, I'm not saying there's not challenges or difficulties or things that might be stressful or stress 
inducing. But as you overcome with God and with the Word of God, and as you walk by faith, you can have the peace of God. And when you know who you are in Christ, and when you know the authority you have in Christ, you can have peace with God. And when, when everyone around you is panicking, you can have peace, and you can have peace with God. And you can be even asleep like Jesus, not worried, not fearful, not afraid. When Jessica and I, when our current home was under construction, the market was different in those years. And so to get that moving, we had to sell the previous home we lived in to get started. And we, we tried finding a place to work, a home to rent for our family during construction. But the market was different in that year. And there weren't many choices, weren't especially many choices near the church, near the school, reasonable driving distance. And we knew about how long construction would take, even with extra months factored in. And, and everybody wanted 12-month or two-year commitments. We couldn't, we, we couldn't do that. That wouldn't be good stewardship. And so during construction, we found a three-bedroom apartment on a high level, but it was not the, the top floor. We, we got what we could. I found a three-bedroom, and I said yes immediately. And so we, we got what we could. But when we were in that temporary situation, Samuel was between the age of one and two, and it just seemed like every night he would repeatedly get woken up by the guy that lived on the floor above. You know, loud music. Some nights it sounded like he had wood shop going on in there, or he was building cabinets. I'm not sure what he was doing. Later found out he was a youth pastor of all things. So maybe he was building props for uh, sermon illustrations in, in youth. I don't know what he was doing. But most nights, he, it would wake Samuel up and we would complain. Sometimes the police would be called, but it just seemed to go on and on and on. I remember one morning loading Samuel in the car just to drive him around at four in the morning and driving through Mickey D's to get, get coffee. But in the midst of all of that, Jessica would just pray and thank the Lord that the peace of God was upon Samuel. And she would pray and she would thank the Lord that God's peace was upon him to such a degree he could sleep anytime, he could sleep anywhere, he could sleep no matter what was going on. In 2021, we were with our family on vacation, coast of Florida. Samuel, Emma, they wanted to go fishing. So Derek arranged for a fishing, a chartered fishing trip to go out for half a day. When we got there, I felt like the sheriff in Jaws saw the boat and I thought, we are gonna need a bigger boat. You know, however big they look from the hotel, they need to be bigger, amen. But just because something's big doesn't mean it can't be a challenge. We were with our family this past week in Branson, went to the Titanic Museum. And what, what caught my attention was how when that ship was built, they, they bragged that it was un sinkable. So we, we showed up for this chartered fishing trip and we go out and then, you know, a place like Miami, fished a lot, you got to go far out to catch anything. So we had gone out a ways. We weren't catching anything. It was, a, it was a slow day and it wasn't as bad as what Jesus and the disciples faced. We weren't in fear, we weren't afraid, but it was not smooth sailing. It was rocky. The, way, the waves weren't coming over, over onto the ship but it was not smooth sailing, it was rocky. And so 
I, I was glad that I had listened to all of Pastor Sue's instructions. I had taken what I, she said would help keep my stomach settled. I hadn't eaten breakfast. I had had just a little bit of coffee. I had the special wristband she told me about. And I thought, man, I need those for my ankles. I need one to put around my head. But we're, we're going to be okay. And so it, it was rocky. And before I knew it, Derek was leaned over the side of the ship. So I, I heard all that, and I'm trying to just, I'm, I'm fine, I'm okay. And Christina was in the cabin, and then before I knew it, she ran out, and she was leaning over the, the end of the boat next to Derek, over the side, and I heard all of that, and I, I, I'm fine, I, I'm going to be okay. Now later, I thought, this is a beautiful picture of marriage. You know, we, we live in a day and an age society, people don't take their commitments and their vows seriously, for better or for worse, when it's calm at sea and when it is not. And I don't know if they'd appreciate it, but I thought them, you know, arm and on, leaning over the edge of the boat, I thought that was a beautiful picture of marriage. So I'm looking at the clouds. I'm looking back at the shoreline, trying to keep my eyes on the buildings, you know, not think about, not, not listen to what I'm hearing. Well, what's Samuel doing? And they're they're going to put a video clip on screen. Samuel was asleep <laughs> in the boat. So Jessica prayed that that boy would have the peace of God, that he could sleep anytime, anywhere, and he, he proved it that day that the Lord heard her and the Lord answered her. <laughs> you can have the peace of God. And you might say, Austin, that there's this challenge, or there's this need, or there's this unpaid bill. You can have the peace of God. Tell your neighbor, say, you can have the peace of God. Tell your other neighbor, say, you can have the peace of God. When you walk by faith, not by sight, you can live with, and you can even sleep with the peace of God. The Bible says that our Heavenly Father, He wants us to sleep with the sleep of the righteous. Not, not having trouble falling asleep, not, not waking up repeatedly worried, fearful, anxious, and with the, the authority that you have in Christ, you can say, peace, be still to life's storms. With the authority that you have in Christ, you can say, peace, be still to life's storms. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion, the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Matthew recorded them as saying, We're going to drown. We are going to drown. I know you're asleep. I know you're getting a good nap in. But Jesus, you do not understand. We are going to drown. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So there may, there may be a need. There may be a circumstance. There may be a storm. And you might be thinking negative things. Don't say it. You know, if you don't know what to say or pray, pray in the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit help you. They said, we're going to drown. So notice that the disciples had a negative confession. But we shouldn't be too hard on them. They didn't have 
the revelation of the New Testament. They had not yet walked with Jesus a long time. And so they were speaking based on their experience, their experience as fishermen, their experience based on their understanding and revelation at the time. But they had a negative confession. Whereas Jesus had said, let us go over to the other side. We're going to get there. Doesn't matter what the weather is. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Doesn't matter if there's a storm or not. We are going to go over to the other side. That's what he had said. When the disciples started going by what they saw, instead of operating by what Jesus had said, they became fearful. So there may be a need. There may be a circumstance. And that's why during the week you have to open your Bible and read your Bible and meditate on the Word of God to encourage yourself in the Lord. That's why on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, we ought to be in the house of God to hear the Word. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. But see, if you're on social media, if you're looking at every post and every update they do, that, that'll fill your heart with fear. You've got to fill your, your heart with the word of God. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 reminds us that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith, not by our circumstances. We walk by faith, we walk by the word of God, not by sight. Verse 39, Jesus got up. Now, what did, he, what did Jesus do? He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. In the King James, the translation is that he said, peace, be still. You know, some of the, the best prayers, some of the best commands are short. Peace, be still. You know, anytime that there's weather in the forecast, I always thank the Lord that there, there's no bad weather coming near Faith Christian Center or near any of the families of Faith Christian Center or near any of the families of St. Paul's, that we're, we're blessed, that we're protected. And even if someone's on the road, even if someone's commuting, even if someone's making their way home, we're blessed and we're protected. So Jesus got up, he, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Like the King James, he said, peace, be still. And that there are times in life we have to do that. We have to, what, to the circumstance, to the noise, to, to the storm. We have to say, peace, be still. And be, be of the attitude that because we know who we are in Christ, we're not going to let what we can see rob us of our peace with God and our peace in walking with the Lord. He said, peace, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. You know, and even when there are storms, the next day it's, it's beautiful. So you have to remain in the peace of God. You have to remain in faith and walk by faith and not by sight. The wind died down. It was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So for Jesus, the issue was an issue of faith. And what had he told him? He had said, let us go over to the other side. So they weren't going to drown. They weren't going to sink. 
they were going to make it to the other side. Verse 41, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. The first principle is that Jesus said it. You have to say it. You have to speak to the circumstances in life. You have to speak to the storms in life. We have not fully grasped who we are in Christ, and we have not fully grasped the authority we have in Christ. You have to say it. You have to speak a word of command to the circumstance, or to the need, or to the storm, or to whatever the situation is. You know, this past week we were out of town, but a couple weeks ago, that, that Thursday night, that, well, I was just walking around our house saying, peace, be still, and thanking God for his hand of protection upon the church, the school, every family of the church and school. We're blessed. We're protected. Psalm 91 is true over our lives. Amen? So you have to speak a word of command, a word of authority. Jesus' faith was in his word. And throughout the Gospels, his works were a result of his words. And his words had authority even over his Father's creation. And Jesus, as we've learned, as we've learned on Sundays and on Wednesday evenings, he has delegated his authority to us. And all that Adam lost and more has been restored to us in Christ. So what word should we have in our mouths? We should have his words. We should have his word in our mouths. That's what has authority. That, was, that is what has power. That is what forces circumstances to change in our lives. Our faith should be in his word. And our faith and our confidence should be in his word in our mouths. The second step, the second principle, you have to do it. You have to take action in faith. This may seem crazy, but the weather heard Jesus and the weather did what Jesus said do. The weather heard Jesus and the weather did what Jesus said do. Not here, not, not near the church, not near our homes and property. We're blessed. We're protected. Psalm 91 is true. Verse 35, looking at the beginning. When evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took Jesus along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall or storm came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. So it was a real challenge. Luke tells us they were in great danger. But Jesus, verse 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Tell your neighbor, say, that's peace. Tell your other neighbor, say, say, that's faith. See, you know, if you're on a plane, you know, there's been one or two stories in the news recently, so I'm just using it as an illustration. If you're on a plane, and suddenly, for whatever reason, the, the elevation drops. You know, if you say, we're all going to die, well, that's what's in your heart. But that's not what the Word says. The Word says we're blessed. The Word says we're protected. The Word says that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without the Father knowing. And He numbers the hairs on our head. So what we say reveals what's in our heart. And that's why, as pastor will be dealing with Saturday men in the power lunch, that we have to guard what we allow to be deposited into our lives through what we see, 
through what we, we watch, what we listen to. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Matthew recorded them as saying, We are going to drown. So they had a negative confession. But Jesus had said, Let us go over to the other side. When the disciples started going by what they saw, instead of by what Jesus said, they became fearful. Verse 39, Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind. He said to the waves, quiet, be still, peace, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Elsewhere in the Gospels, in Matthew, Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in what? Faith in who? Faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Faith in what word? The word of man? No, faith in the word of God. For him, it was an issue of faith. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? A few Sunday mornings ago, I mentioned the Father. The Bible says that the disciples were unable to cast the devil out of the child. The father was distraught. Jesus told him all things are possible. The man or woman who has faith. And the, the father said to Jesus in great humility, help my unbelief. You might, might say, Austin, there, there's doubt. There's unbelief. What's the cure? The cure is the word of God. The cure is what the Apostle Paul told us, that faith comes by hearing and by hearing and by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. And this is just the beginning of all the amazing things they would see. When you walk by faith, or when you walk by the word of God, and not by sight, you can live with the peace of God. And you can even, like Jesus, you can sleep with the peace of God. And with the authority you have in Christ, you can say, peace, be still to the storms of life. There's a need. You can command the need to be met in the name of Jesus. If there is a sickness or a disease or an infirmity or an affliction, you can command healing in the name of Jesus. And if there's a storm, a literal storm, you can use the authority you have in Christ to say, peace, be still in Jesus' name. You have to trust what Jesus has said. And so you might say, Austin, what about this? What about this circumstance? What about this need? What about this forecast, you have to trust what Jesus has said. And he has said, let us go over to the other side. Tell, tell your neighbor, tell him, say, you're going to make it. Tell your other neighbor, say, you're, you're going to overcome. If you'll, if you'll stay in faith and look to the Lord and walk by faith and not get negative, and not listen to the enemy, and not quit, and not throw in the towel. You will make it to the other side. And we don't always know how. 
We don't always know how the provision will come. Well, we don't, we don't always know what, what's going to happen in the next day or so. But I don't need to know. All I need to know is who my heavenly father is. He wonderfully provides. He wonderfully protects. He, he wonderfully walks us through life. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So there may be circumstances, but, but you're not staying where the circumstances are. You're not camping out where the circumstances are. With your heavenly father, you're walking through and you are overcoming. Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. Yes, in life and in this world, there may be storms or challenges or setbacks or difficulties to be overcome. But friends, we're not alone or on our own. And that's what the enemy wants us to believe, that no one in the history of the world has ever faced that or that situation. That's what the enemy wants us to believe, that we're alone, that we're on our own, that no one cares. It is a lie. The disciples said to Jesus, don't you care? Yes, he cares for us. And Peter tells us we are to cast every care, every anxiety, every worry upon who? Upon the Lord, for he cares for us. We're not alone. We're not on our own. Jesus is with us. And yes, when you're in the literal boat or the proverbial boat or that day we were out at sea on the boat and Samuel was asleep and, and it was a challenging day, we were not alone. The Lord was with us. And he might have thought, this ain't no big deal at all compared to what I've faced, what he saw that day on the lake. We're not alone. We're not on our own. Jesus is with us. He's told us, never will I leave you or forsake you, which means never will I leave you or forsake you. He has said to us, surely I am with you always, which means that he is always with us. On your best day, on the day that is most discouraging, he is always with us. You have to trust what Jesus has said. Let us go over to the other side. And you have to know, and you have to say, and you have to let the words come out of your mouth. We are going to the other side. Why don't we say this? Say, we are going to the other side. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm going to the other side. Tell your other neighbor, say, I'm going to the other side. And we, we toured that museum this past week. It's just a heartbreak. The arrogance of man to call something built by man unsinkable. The arrogance of man to not even have enough lifeboats for all the people. That's man. That's not our heavenly father. He is good. He is wonderful. He is loving. He is perfect. He is without fault. And his son has said, let us go over to the other side. When you walk by faith and not by sight, you can live with and you can even sleep with the peace of God. And with the authority you have in Christ, you can say, peace 
be still to life storms. Now, before we conclude, let, let's consider a challenge that the body of Christ faces today. And we see this in Romans 4, beginning in verse 17. And we've been dealing with this on Wednesday nights. Romans 4, beginning in verse 17. Paul writing of Abraham, as it is written, I have made you, Abraham, a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. That's faith. That's the God kind of faith Jesus spoke of in Mark eleven twenty two to call things that be not as though they were. Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became. I love that. He believed and so became. The years went by. The decades went by, but he believed, and so he became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact. So faith doesn't deny the circumstances. Faith chooses to believe God, and faith chooses to say what the word of God says in the midst of the circumstances. You're in the boat. There's a storm. Faith doesn't deny the circumstances. Faith chooses to say what Jesus has said in the midst of the storm. Faith chooses to believe God and his word and to say what the word says in the midst of the storm. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. And he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. At the end of that time on the boat, Jesus chided, corrected the disciples about a lack of faith. They were not yet fully persuaded. You've got to be fully persuaded. This is why it was credited to Abraham as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were not written for Abraham alone, but for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Verse, look at verse 18 again. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be, just as it had been said to him. That's faith. And in Mark 4 and verse 35, Jesus had said, let us go over to the other side. So why were the disciples afraid? They were afraid, but they didn't need to be afraid. Why were they afraid? And that's why Jesus said that it, what he did in verse 40, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were not yet fully persuaded. Faith is taking God at his word. And faith is taking action on the word of God. And faith, the God kind of faith, calls things that be not as though they were. That's what our heavenly father does. And that's what we're to do. That's what Jesus did. And that's what we're to do. If we follow him, if we're followers of Christ, if we are disciples of of Jesus being trained to be like our teacher will do as he did and we will call things that are not as though they were. There was a storm. The waves were coming over the boat. They were in a wooden boat. 
Disciples thought they were going to sink. They actually said, we're going to drown. So Jesus didn't deny the circumstances, but in the midst of the storm, he said to the circumstances, he said, peace, be still. He called things that are not as though they were. There was no peace, yet what did he call for? He called for peace. Things were not still, but what did he call for? He called for things to be still. In the Bible, Mark, Matthew, Luke, they tell us that things began to be calm. Now, now we all understand this. We just have to work the principle. Occasionally, our family likes pizza. I know my father's watching what he, I shouldn't even use this as an illustration right now. But if you go home for lunch today and you want pizza to be delivered, what do you have to do? You got to call for it or you got to get online and place your order. But you just stand there, oh, it sure would be nice if we had a pizza. It sure would be nice if we had, you know, a supreme pizza or a pepperoni pizza. It sure would be nice if we had those cinnamon sticks to go with it. Well, if you want a pizza, what do you got to do? Well, we all know how to do that, don't we? So we have to take that to a greater level, a spiritual level, and realize that in our lives, the spiritual gives birth to the physical, and the spiritual commands the physical, and to the need, to the circumstance, to the storm. We have to say, peace, be still, and call for and order what we want. See, too many of us use our mouth to say what we don't want and we're calling for, we're ordering what we don't want. You got to turn that around and call for and order what you do want. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and it's better to speak life than death. The God kind of faith calls things that are not as though they were. We have no excuse not to believe God and not to believe his word. This, this past week, I read about a church in California that in the city and the county they're in, that they were the only church to defy that county's lockdown order. And that over the course of the three years, the county sued them for more than $2.8 million. They're taking that to court and they're, they're gonna win and God bless them, amen. You know, wicked, corrupt leadership, they need to learn about consequences for unrighteous and immoral decrease. Well, we have no excuse not to believe God and not to believe his word. Over the past three and a half years, so many, even Christians, even believers, we know we love them. They, they would say they're faith people. They've taken the government or bureaucrats or lifelong bureaucrats or crooked or corrupt politicians or the word of pharmaceutical companies over the word of God. And the result is that today many have died and many suffer unnecessarily because they believe the word of man instead of the word of God. Recently, Jessica was talking to a doctor. She had something that she was getting taken care of with one of the children, and he was an interesting guy, a retired Green Beret. And so he, 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 he works at a hospital facility, but he, he, he asked Jessica if Sophie had had certain shots, and when Jessica told him no, he said, he said, good. We're to believe the word of God over the word of man. And when you get on Facebook 
or you get on Twitter, you see something, maybe about the weather, maybe about the financial news, filling your heart with fear, we're to believe the word of God over the word of man. We're to believe the word of God over the word of man. But we, we see now that over the past few years, so many have taken the word of man over the word of God. So th this generation, it is out of excuses. Faith is taking God at his word. Faith is taking action on the word of God. And faith calls things that are not as though they were. What should the disciples have done that day? At, at their level, at their level of understanding, their, 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 their level of their knowledge, Jesus had said, let us go over to the other side. So the very least they should have done or said, it looks bad, it seems bad, but he's asleep, we best not wake him because Jesus said, we're going to the other side. That's the least they should have done. Dare, in your life, dare to call things that are not as though they were. So th there's a need, there's an unpaid bill, seems like a mountain, command it to be paid in Jesus' name. Command the need to be met in Jesus' name. There's a sickness, there's an infirmity, there's a physical challenge, command health, command healing in Jesus' name. Command wellness in Jesus' name. And yes, when there is a storm that you can see with your eyes, do like Jesus. Say, peace, be still. And then, don't, don't act fearful, don't act afraid. Get in bed, go to sleep, and sleep the sleep of the righteous. Because there's going to be another day. And it's going to be a beautiful day. Because Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and you've heard me speak about Jesus and how wonderful he is. He is the one, the Bible says, the one who was, who is, who is to come. This culture that we live in, it'll lie to you, it'll tell you that if you're just kind of a good enough person, that that is sufficient and you'll be in heaven someday. Friend, that is a lie. The Bible says that we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in need of a Savior. That's every, that's every one of us. I, I grew up in church. I am in need of a Savior. You are in need of a Savior. His name is Jesus. The, this world we live in, it'll tell you that you can do your own thing, that you can come up with your own way to God, your own way of salvation. Friend, that's a lie. Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He's the way. And it's only through Jesus that we can be born again, that we can be saved, that we can be a part of the family of God. He's standing at the door of your life today, and he's knocking. But you have to open the door and you have to ask him to come in. If you're here today and say, Austin, I want to do that. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to ask him to be my Lord and Savior. That's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand. 
raise it up high to where I'll see it and I'll know. You want me to pray with you? Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to be a part of the family of God. Thank you. See the hand. You might also be here today in a time in your life you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart you've not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing. And you'd say, Austin, I, I have paid the price. The Bible tells us that the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can leave here today with a new beginning and a fresh start. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. Pray with me. I want to recommit my life. That's you this morning. Wherever you're seated, raise your hand. Raise it to where I'll see it and I'll know. You want me to pray with They say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with the Lord today. If you raised your hand for either invitation, I'd ask that you grab your Bible, whatever you brought with you, stand, come join me here at the front. We're going to pray. Everyone will be excited for you and thrilled at your decision to follow Jesus. Everyone here at one point or another has made that decision. And maybe you didn't raise your hand, but the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart. Come join this young man at the front. We're going to pray. You might be watching or listening online. Say this for, for me. Pray with us. Repeat this prayer after me. So Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. And I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll take just a few minutes and go with Cameron Butler here. He's got a few things to bless you with. He'll get you right back in the service. The Lord, he is good. And he wants to do wonderful, wonderful things in our lives. There are hindrances to that. The Bible says the little foxes spoil the vine. That's true of the little foxes, but it's also true of the big foxes. In James, you read the epistle of James, James spoke about a big fox named the tongue. And he talked about how the tongue sets a life on fire as if by hell itself. And what he says about the tongue is pretty sobering. But we should do our best to restrain the tongue. We should do our best to watch what we say. We should do our best to discipline ourselves to say what the word says and to call for, to order what you want. Amen? And you might say, well, Austin, I do all that on my phone now. I do all that on my app. Well, we, we serve the ancient of days. And with the ancient of days, you have to do things his way, which still requires that you open your mouth and you say what you want and you call for what you want. Amen? I hope the message today was a blessing and encouragement to you.